What's good, everybody? Welcome to the What in the Word podcast, where each episode is designed to help you develop a deeper relationship with Christ as you navigate culture with the biblical worldview. My name is Sean, and as usual, I'm here with my co-host, the brother from a different mother, Jay Baker. Yeah, and we're about to jump into it today. And today we want to talk about busyness in the life of a believer, in the life of a believer. And so, Jay, uh, you want to open us up, bro, and, and, and tell us uh, how you see business playing out in the life of a believer? Um, man, bro, uh, first, I, I can kind of go back to my own situation. I would say go back into like 2012. I would say sometime in that summer of 2012, God began to speak to me about slowing down. I mean... Hmm. Uh, during that time, man, I had, uh, of course, full-time job and I'm doing like labor intense job at the time where I'm out, uh, doing lawn care and landscaping. Uh, I was a student in seminary at the time. Um, seminary. I mean, busy with school, uh, had a nonprofit organization, the ministry out in the community, plus uh, help in any type of way that I could at the church, whether it was uh, me and another one of the brothers where we were uh, leading and teaching a Sunday school class, as well as uh, doing the teacher's class for the Sunday school where uh, to kind of give my pastor a little bit of break at times, we would lead that class before everybody went into their classroom. Uh -huh. um, preaching on Wednesday when we asked to and even preaching on Sundays. So just staying busy doing a whole bunch of stuff. And I think a lot of times we think that when we're busy all the time, that that many really means that we're doing something. Uh, but I remember God began to speak to me saying, slow down. Hmm. And it's interesting, bro. Um, when I began to start slowing down slowly, I could hear stuff more clear from him. I could hear him begin to put in the forefront of my mind to really begin to start digging in this thing called discipleship. And I don't want to go too far down that uh, rabbit trail, but I, I think about how this was the time of my life where I had heard so much about discipleship, but I didn't really see too many people actually making disciples. It was the, the whole thing about, man, it's the great commission. This is what we call to do, but I didn't see a lot of people actually doing it. So I started to really dig. And I remember I went to my bro and I said, man, look, God is talking to me about slowing down. He was like, man, I'm trying to slow down myself. Hmm. And I was like, man, this is my last month teaching in the Sunday school for a while. And he was like, man, I was going to ask you to take over. That's what he told me. He was wow. like, I was going to ask you to take over. He was like, man, we got to start getting some more people in here to start working. Uh, and so at that time, we start tapping on tapping people on the shoulder saying, hey, You've been in here for a while. It might be time for you to start teaching, pray about it and see how things go. But man, like I was busy. I, I, I was always tired, exhausted. Um, but it was when I started to slow down, I started to hear God a little more clearer. And uh, and it tell you the truth, man, I'm still slowing down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's that's good, bro. You know, it's a natural inclination for us, especially as men. I'm not saying that women don't get busy because we know the story of Mary and Martha as well. But mm -hmm. as men, like, you know, sometimes we even when we greet each other, it's like, hey, bro, what's going on? Man, busy, man. Yeah. Like, I've been, you yeah. know, I'm making moves. I'm It's like, you know, like it's, it, it's, it's in us. 
to want to work and to want to do things um, that keep us occupied and doing things that are meaningful. And so if we're not careful, we can walk uh, so much after what God uh, has for us, even as believers, that we forget that God has instituted times for us to slow down. He's instituted the Sabbath. And again, you know, there are some people who get caught up on the Sabbath being Saturday and 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 do like the Old Testament Jews talk about. But I think God is more so for New Testament believers uh, telling us that we need to have a lifestyle that learns to slow down, a lifestyle that learns to rest, a lifestyle that understands that uh, we should be still and know that he is God. And so for me, man, I can remember a really busy time in my life, bro, where kind of the same thing going on with you. I was youth pastoring. I was building a house. And when I say building a house, it's not like I had a contract that I had. I was building. I was swinging hammers and hanging sheetrock. I was working full time as a programmer and had a family. And so, like, I had all this stuff going on. It was some nights, man, I would sleep four hours, <laughs> four hours yeah. tops. And I just wake up and I go to the ground again. And what was crazy, though, is even though I felt like I was getting a lot accomplished, as I look back, I probably wasn't getting as much accomplished as I would have as I would have slowed down and got rest and found time to Sabbath because I just got to a place, even when I was building the house, something that would have normally took me two hours was taking me six and seven hours because I was tired. I'm foggy. I don't really know what's going on. And so even as God has instituted uh, for us to be fruitful and multiply and do great things in the kingdom and in our world, he's still giving us a lot of good wisdom in slowing down because when we learn to slow down and properly Sabbath, we get so much more out of the time that we spend working. Yes, sir. And, and man, let me add to that. So since you brought up that spiritual discipline of uh, taking a Sabbath, Dallas Willard uh, says something uh, really interesting uh, in his book, The Great Omission. He says, solitude well practiced will break the power of busyness, Ooh. haste, isolation, and loneliness. You will find that the world is not on your shoulders. Wow. And that's that's kind of how it feels like how you were talking about when we greet each other. You're like, man, I'm busy. I got this going on. I got this going on. I'm guilty of that myself. And it's like just thinking like the world is on my shoulders. I got to be doing this. I got to go over here and take over this. I got to do this. I got to do this. All of these things I got to do. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's like. Sometimes when we step back, right, because you look at taking a Sabbath, but if you go that step further and spend that solitude time where you get away from the technology, mm. you get away from everybody and you spend that time alone with God where you slow down and say, at least once a week, I'm just not going to do nothing during this time period. And I'm going to allow myself to be saturated in the presence of God. It does something different. It, it allows us as the scriptures say, to cast our cares onto him. Right. Um, man, it's interesting, man. When I when just thinking about that right now, uh, I, I can remember when, when I really started pouring into people around that time, uh, you hear so much of what's going on in people's lives that God began to speak to me about, uh, soon as I get through hearing somebody's situation or whatever they asking me to pray for their burden, God, would tell me to give it to me now. Okay. So when I got away from them, I would sit with God and say, God, 
I've heard uh, their cares right now. I've heard all of these things and this is too much for me. I don't even really know what to do with it. So I'm giving it to you now. And I would literally like try to practice tossing it into his lap, man. And so, man, when we slow down, we had the opportunity to throw it and give it to him, man, and, and let him do what he's supposed to do. Yeah, that's good, bro. Um, you know, another element of it is like you just said, and I think it's really critical is <clears throat> slowing down with the purpose of giving it to God and even slowing down to me, excuse me, is an act of worship in saying, you know what, God, you have given me the ability to take rest and no. Let me just say like it. You've commanded me to rest. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so you've commanded yeah. me to rest. And I think that's one of the things that we don't really try and um, uh, just kind of promote in our spiritual walk. A lot of time, that's that that whole um, discipline of solitude and silence. And mm-hmm. I know for me in those silent times, in those times where I can rest, even if my resting is not just laying across the bed because I'm tired. But even if my resting is just finding joy in God, I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't want to rest because they know that if they slow down, they're going to have to speak to God or hear God. And so I keep myself busy. Therefore, I don't have to deal with a lot of the things that is going on in my life in my life because I'm too busy. I'm too busy for God. Right. And yeah. we know when we sit still, God starts speaking. Mm hmm. And a lot of us are scared of scared of our thoughts. Yes. Uh, let, let me read something out of Psalms uh, 39, verse 6. Um, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Uh, it says, we are merely moving shadows and all of our busy and all and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. Mm. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. And so he's, it's interesting. Just listen to what he says. All of our busy rushing, it ends in nothing. Mm. And I think about, I think about um, just people who are so busy uh, trying to accumulate uh, and make a living for their family. And of course, nothing wrong with trying to make a living for your family. But I just think about over the years how I've watched people that were so busy Hmm. that they didn't have time for their spouses. They didn't have time for their kids. The only thing they had time for was uh, work. Mm -hmm. And uh, and many pastors' families have suffered in the same way where it's so busy doing nothing but ministry that we neglect families and different things like that. And so... uh, I think when you talked about how we are commanded to slow down and, and take that rest and take that break. Uh, I, I think that's a key principle that you see in scriptures. Uh, even when Jesus, uh, did a lot of ministry, he would take that time to move away and get away from everybody and just refresh, mm-hmm. go see exactly what the father wanted done next. And as soon as the disciples come looking for him, Hey, we got to go to this other town. Let's go. He got clarity. He had a time to refresh all of those different things. And those are principles. And those are also examples that we can pull from the scripture that we have to say, look, uh, if Jesus needed to rest, if Jesus needed to slow down and take a moment, 
maybe I do too. And, right. And unless we just willing to reflect on different things like that, man, because as the psalmist just put it, right, all our busy rushing, it ends in nothing. Just trying to stay busy, just to stay occupied. And just so, as you pointed out, I really don't want to hear what's really going on in my mind and have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that... And that's been a challenge for me as a as a pastor, because I'm always trying to be mindful of people's schedules. Like I'm always trying yeah. to be mindful that people are busy. People work. People got kids. They're running their kids to the soccer game. Well, not a lot of soccer games right now, but, you know, in the yeah. past, historically, they run the kids to this. And I've always not wanted to create a lot of church gatherings or church meetings because I know people live busy lives. But one thing that I've noticed is if I don't require or ask people for time in the church, they're going to put it someplace else. They're going to yeah. find something else to fill that time. And so that's really one of the challenges for me is trying to find out are people truly busy uh, or are they just filling their time with stuff that might need mm -hmm. to uh, be taken away. And uh, I remember I preached a sermon a long time ago, so long ago, it was at a men's retreat. And I wish I had the notes to it right now. I lost them a long time ago. But um, one of the things in slowing down, and we've talked about this here on the podcast before, is we need to learn to aggressively get rid of those things in our life that cause us to hurry, that cause us to rush, that cause us to. Uh, 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 uh. And I think and I think we need to learn to say no to some things. Mm hmm. Uh, that, that that's another thing that happens in the churches. Uh, we want to say yes to everything. Oh, you need this? Yeah, I do it. Oh, you need this? Yes, I do it. And then this has always happened to me. And maybe this happened to you too, Jay. Uh, you'll say yes to something. And as you say yes to something, the person ain't ready for you to say yes yet. Say for instance, me and you with a website, right? Uh, and Jay's like, man, can you build me a website? And I'm like, yeah, I can build your website. I'm just shameless plug. You go check out what Jay said. We putting it out there. Um, <laughs> but then I start building the website and the person who wants me to build a website, they don't have their stuff together yet. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it to the side for a minute and I go start doing something else. And then they pop up when I picked up two other things. They're like, where's my, so then you have this other thing that you never close the loop. And so I think a lot of times we say yes to too many things and we don't close the loop. And now we're juggling things that yeah. um, we might not necessarily have the bandwidth to do, but we feel bad that we can't tell people no. Yeah. And again, website, what Jed said, YouTube channel, check him out. <laughs> hey, and you, hey, you said something else that was, that was important, man. You talked about aggressively, right. Doing away with some stuff. Now I want you to listen to, this is John uh, Ortberg. He's Ooh, talking like about a, yeah, a conversation. One of Dallas Willard's disciples. He he had this conversation with Dallas Willard and listen to what Dallas told him. He said, not long after moving to Chicago, I called a wise friend to ask for some spiritual direction. I described the pace of life in my current ministry. The church uh, where I serve tends to move at a fast clip. I also told him about our rhythms of family life. We are in the, the van driving, soccer league, piano lesson, uh, school orientation, night years. Mm. I told him about the present condition of my heart as best 
as best as I could discern it. What did I need to do? I asked him to be spiritually healthy. Long pause. Now listen to Dallas Willard. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry mm. from your life. Mm. He said at last another long pause. Okay. I've written that, that one down. I told him a little impatiently. That's a good one. Now, what else is there? Uh, I had many things to do and this was a long distance call. So I was anxious to cram as many units of spiritual wisdom into it, uh, to the least possible moment, the least amount of time possible. Another long pause. There's nothing else. He said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry hmm. from your life. Listen, ruthlessly. I mean, ruthlessly eliminate hurry. And, and you use the word aggressively, right? Eliminate certain things. And I just was just sitting there thinking because, he 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 goes on in another article that I read. Uh, this is something Dallas Willis told him as well. He says, hurry is the great enemy of our souls in our day. Being busy is mostly a condition of our outer world, right? Being busy. It is having many things to do. Uh, being hurried is a problem of the soul is being so preoccupied with myself and what myself has to do that I am no longer able to, to be fully present with God or be fully present with you. There is no way a soul can thrive when it is hurried. And when I, when you hear that and you hear Dallas Willis saying ruthlessly mm -hmm. eliminate that from the soul, because uh, it is something that hinders us being present with God. And it hinders us being present with other people that, we have in our life, man, it's, it's something that we can't ignore. Right. Um, uh, I've, I've looked at a few of Dallas Willard's, uh, critics, uh, recently. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't agree with Dallas Willard has to say and different things, but I find a lot of wisdom in many of the things he says. And not only that, but I look and I examine his life and he had a lot of fruit. He impacted a lot of people, um, with some of the things he said and them putting those things into practice is what really, excuse me, what really matters. Mm. And so I, I, I'm really just sitting up thinking, man, why ruthlessly eliminate that hurry out of your life? Uh, if, if, if it's something that's really doing damage to our souls and is hindering us with fully being present, then I think it's something that we have to consider and we have to take it seriously. That's good, bro. Uh, yeah, ruthlessly. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, but, you know, a, a, another thing to take, too, away from this is if we want to be like Christ, we need to learn to move like Christ, mm -hmm. right? And we know Christ being fully God, he, he wasn't in a rush. Like literally, like they're like Lazarus is about to die. And Jesus, like, I'll be there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like Jesus, <laughs> like, I'll be there. I'll get there when I get there. And yes, I think sometimes, and people were actually mad at him for not rushing into something that was like really critical. That was so critical to that family. That was so critical to the people who uh were impacted by Lazarus's death. And Jesus, like, man, I'm on God's timing, right? And yeah. in Second Peter 3, 9, it says this. I don't even know what translation this is. Oh, English standard. There it goes. Uh, it says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, 
and some count slowness. We think, oh, you moving too slow. Yeah. <laughs> you moving too slow. Now, God yeah. is, he, well, what is he? But he is patient towards you, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that you, that all should reach repentance. And so even in the way that God deals with us mm-hmm. and our sinfulness, and we like, come on, God, just fulfill your promise, take us to heaven while we still here suffering, while we still here. Some of us are like that. Some people, yeah. we still want to get out of everything. We want to get out of this earth. <laughs> but God is not slow to fulfill his promise, Peter was telling me. Like, like, like y'all, slow your roll. Like, God ain't tripping. He's, yeah. he's moving diligently, and he's not moving hastily because his will is for everyone to find repentance. And so if God is slow in his ways uh, and methodical in his ways, we could learn a lot from slowing down. Uh, a lot of us can learn from planning. Like a lot of times we just rush into rush into things and we like, man, I rushed that. And we could do better if we just took time, pray on it, strategically think about it, right? Because God has given us strategies and a mind to yeah. think things out, uh, get wise counsel from other people and then move forward instead of being so hasty and well, I got to do it now. And I think God really sits in eternity and laughs at us because we'd be like, man, it's been three months. It's been four months. It's been 10 years. And God's like, man, in, in line with eternity, slow down, man. We, we really need to, uh, we really need to create a theology around the Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> cool runnings, man. Yeah. No worries, yeah. man. Yeah. No worries, man. <laughs> uh, we just, we just need to just, we need to learn to take day by day what God is presenting for us and not getting hasty in those things and not forgetting that God is calling us to slow down and not have a frantic pace um, and not getting caught up in a lot of foolishness that we get caught up in because we don't hear God. We don't slow down. We don't do the things that it takes uh, in order to get there. And we've been talking about this as well. I talked about in Galatians 5, we, we talk about this fruit of the spirit. Patience mm-hmm. is one of it. Patience is actually one of them. Slowing down, having patience, not getting before God so that God don't have to come and clean up our mess. Yes, so. sir. <laughs> hey, and, and, and even to add to that, man, because um, that, that's really good, man. One thing I love, like every, every episode, I, I want to say pretty much almost every episode we've done so far, you went back to that Galatians text, mm. uh, but it's vital. Right. Because you can pull so many nuggets from it. But I think about patience. I, I, I remember when I was I'm going to share a prison story back when I was in prison. You know, we love I, the prison stories. Those, those are one people <laughs> tune in for what happened in the penitentiary. <laughs> Man, I remember I was coming up on parole. Right. This is my first time being in prison. Um, and so. You know, I'm ready to get this first parole and get get it get it out the way. And I remember I was on a unit in Beaumont that had like um, a 90 something percent parole rate. People were getting parole in that region. Hmm. And a week before I got ready to go see the parole board, they transferred me to another unit from Beaumont up to the Dallas and Fort Worth area. This happened to be the worst <laughs> region oh, wow. in the state of Texas that wow. was less. I want to say it was less than 25 percent. 
people mm. were getting out. And but here's how God works, though. So I got there. I got denied parole. Uh, but even before I share what I think God was 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 speaking to not only me, but some of the other brothers, I remember how the enemy began to work. And so I remember I called my mom. It was the day I would just call her to check on my check with my mom and see how things are going and just tell her how things are going with me. She knew I was in my word mm-hmm. and all of this. And she was like, uh, the people from parole called and she kind of was quiet. Like it was a pause. So I knew it wasn't something good. Hmm. And she was like, yeah, they denied you. And I was like, okay. I said, did they say why? She was like, no, nah, they didn't give me an explanation. I said, okay. And I knew I hadn't been in any trouble. I said, okay, got the phone with my mom. And as soon as I hung the phone up, I remember the enemy like started to bombard my mind with, see, how can you trust a God that won't, you haven't been in no trouble. You haven't been this. And like, it, it, it was so much that I went and I sat on my bunk. And I tried to open up the word I, like the, 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 it was so loud. I couldn't fight it. Hmm. And I was like, I'm going to just read my word. I started trying to read the word out loud and it wasn't helping. And I remember I laid down and I had my Bible on top of me. I was like, Lord, I'm in, I'm under attack and I can't fight this right now. You're going to have to help me fight it. Hmm. And I remember I closed my eyes, man, and I slept hard for about like four or five hours. And when I woke up, man, it was this calm and it was this peace. It was mm. like the, like the Lord had hit uh, the enemy with one of them old school Mike Tysons. Ooh. And it was over with in the first round. The enemy was asleep. He couldn't he couldn't bother me no more. He couldn't do anything. And I remember when I woke up, I was like, Lord, thank you. And I told the Lord because what I felt and what I sensed was the enemy didn't want me to tell the other brothers in there. Uh, because he, I didn't really want them to be discouraged. And so I told the Lord, I'm, I told you before I came to prison that I gave you my life. And no matter what happens with my situation, I'm living for you mm. for this, from this day forward. And I remember I got up and I, and I walked and uh, some of the brothers were outside. I said, I said, hey, I want to tell y'all something. I said, I got denied parole. They was like, no, not you, man, not you, <laughs> not you. And I was like, I say, I say. Just calm down. I said, this is what I sense the Lord is telling me that we need to pray for the parole board. And man, when I tell you, man, over the next like uh, three or four weeks, man, we were praying for the parole board every day. Hmm. And the next thing I knew, like it started to turn, to turn around, like people started going home. People were coming to the prayer circle saying, man, I got my parole, man. I got my parole. All kind wow. of different people saying I got my parole. And wow. like, I remember the first brother that was really close with us, he didn't, he came and he was like, he kept looking at me at the prayer circle. I was like, man, what's going on? I say, man, something wrong. He was like, man, I got my parole. I was like, man, that's good. He was like, man, but you didn't get yours. And I didn't want to say nothing. I said, man, let me, let me, I said, let me just share something with y'all. I said, the Lord has me here for a reason. Hmm. And if I have to stay a little bit longer, Wow. To help some other people get to where they need to get and, and be an example, I'm going to have to stay. That's that's just part of what God's plan is for my wow. life right wow. now. And man, like a few people started coming to me after that. They was like, man, thanks for encouraging me, man, because I, I was really uh, discouraged when I found that you didn't get your parole because I see how the Lord is working through you in here. I was like, 
maybe that's one of the reasons why I got denied so that I mm. can stay in here a little longer. Cause when I get out, I'll be ready for whatever the Lord has for me. That's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. And so Mr. Baker, uh, what are some things that you do when you're resting or when you're spending time and not being busy? Cause I know some people might be listening to this and they'll be like, well, you know, I got home and I wasn't really doing nothing. I was just watching YouTube or I was on my phone or I was on social media. I played some video games. What are some beneficial things that we can do uh, to honor God in those times of rest? Because we, we talked about Sabbath a little bit earlier. What are some healthy things that we can do when we're, when, when we're resting? So for me, um, I, I, I love music. Mm. Um, and so uh like some of the times when i'm kind of like researching looking different things um i spend that time just kind of zoning out i'll put on i like jazz uh even like some old school music or even some worship music it just really mm. depends on what i have going on now if i'm in the middle of actually studying putting together a teaching or something uh it may be some worship music and i'm listening because i'm trying to be fully immersed into uh his presence. Um, you got to think about it like this. Um, when, when it says to baptize them in the name of the father, the son and the Holy spirit, right in Matthew 28, you got to think about someone, not only the people that you're discipling, but you yourself need to be, uh, baptized in, uh, uh, in the reality mm. of the Trinity itself, right? Mm -hmm. It's constantly, focusing on the father. Like sometimes I'll just sit and think about, man, how the father orchestrated all of these different things and how he sent his son and his son was willing to come and die and how the Holy spirit has continued these things on through the believer right. and just really uh, immerse my mind in those things. And so for me, some of the times it's just sitting up, uh, putting on whatever music helps you relax and just, uh, really pay attention to what God has been doing in your life, what God has been doing throughout history. When we look at scripture and even other uh, testimonies, but just kind of just thinking, thanking God for allowing you to have a testimony right now. Uh, that's good. That's one of the things for me is I, I, every once in a while I'll sit and I'll say, Lord, thank you that I actually have a testimony to share, whether it, I have to share the, the, the bad decisions I made at a younger age, right. whether I have to share when I was in prison or, or, or even share the tough times that I've had since I've been out and I've been living for the Lord and how like and me and you talk a lot anyway about even being criticized by other believers. Sometimes you just have to sit back uh, and, and, and allow uh, everything that the Lord has brought you through to just kind of resonate in your mind for a little bit. That's good. That's good. And so what I'm hearing you saying is we need to learn how to rest in God's presence, right? Yes, like we sir. need to just learn how to rest in God's presence. Uh, and so, yeah, because um, that's where we really get like, I don't know about you, but man, I'll sit there, man, and I'll be tired and I'll lay across the bed and I'll sit there and I'll watch two or three shows. I don't have no, like, it, it didn't help me get no energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, or that spiritual energy, right? But there's something about resting in God's presence uh, and allowing him to speak to your heart, allowing him to, to move through you. 
Uh, one thing that I that that I find beneficial is when I want to get to those places of uh, resting or, or 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 decoupling from the busyness is also fasting because it places my it places a greater emphasis for me on not allowing my flesh to kind of yes sir do what it wants to do because I don't know about anybody else but I get transparent on what in the word podcast I'll be sitting there praying sometime man and my mind is just and I'll be Ooh. praying I'll be like man that sermon last yesterday man I don't know what I was thinking about you know what I mean and I'll be now, Sean, focus, focus, focus. And then, yeah. man, man, me and Brie going to watch another episode of Walking Dead. You know, like, like my mind is just start wandering. And so when I'm fasting, uh, often I'm focusing on my belly. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and it helps me to kind of stay focused and stay drawn into what God is doing. And it helps me to kind of see kind of even the temptations that, that Christ uh, went through in Matthew 4. Right. When he was fasting in the wilderness for a prolonged period of time and the enemy came and attacked him and that easy, the enemy will come in and try to shift our minds from abiding, shift our minds from uh, laying hold to the things of God. And so I think it's vitally important that when we do find that time to slow down uh, and be busy, the fasting is so important. Like you said, spending time in the word or spending time in worship is so important and not just slowing down for the sake of slowing down. Yeah. Um, I want to please do back on what you were just saying, man, how you, you talked about how thoughts begin to wonder. Uh, I, I, I want to just read Luke 18 uh, okay. verses nine through 14. And this is a familiar text for some people where you have the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Hmm. Uh, and I want you to think about how we're talking about uh, resting in some solitude or even just trying to uh, keep our focus and our attention on uh, God and whether it be his mercy and all of these different things. But it says, then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. Mm. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But I, this tax collector really draws my attention uh, in his humility and in his ability ability to really understand where he is uh in relation to god hmm. and he says in verse 13 says but the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed wow instead he beat his chest in sorrow saying oh god be merciful to me for i am a sinner and it says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, return home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And and I think about how this guy focused his attention on the need uh, of a savior, uh, 
the need for a merciful God to be in his life. And that's kind of like where I met some of the times. It's like, it's like, Lord, look, thank you for being the one that allowed me to overcome. We were talking earlier uh, about some of the people uh, that we knew back in the world and like how drugs has taken over their lives and you can still see the effects of drugs in their lives. And I just think about a lot of the stupid stuff that I Mm. did and I'm still alive. I'm still somewhat healthy. I'm still here. And a lot of times it's just like, it's like I, I, I'm reminded of this guy, this the, the tax collector is just standing there like, man, Lord, thank you. Um, I was in when again when I was in prison, I remember I was in there with my celly and I said, I said, I just like shouted out. We were sitting there talking. I was like, man, we are blessed to be in here. And he looked at me. He was kind of like, he was like, man, now you're taking that Jesus thing a little bit too far. That brother done cracked. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I said, no, nah, what you don't understand, you don't get it. I said, I said, man, I know the stuff that I did. Uh, I know that I'm really not supposed to be still alive and still mm. here right now. I said, man, but we have uh, we've been blessed to be able to sit down, get our act together and then wow. get back out there to our families. Wow. And so for me, man, for me, resting is uh, sitting there and meditating on how God has stepped in my life. He's been Mm. merciful towards me when I really don't deserve it, but he's been there. He's been that one that I can call out on and I know he's going to be forgiven to me. Um, And so, yeah, man, uh, I think about how my times at times, my thoughts begin to wonder when I'm praying or even just in that solitude time and I have to get them back, back focused, maybe even have to go to extreme and say, Lord, uh, you remember where I was, help me to get back focused. You know what right. I mean? And right. so, yeah, God has been good, man. That's good, man. And you know, I, I, I love what you just said, because I also think about the Psalms uh, and how David and the writers of the Psalms would reflect over their lives, right? Uh, they would reflect over the things that are, and one thing that I haven't been the best at doing i do it from time to time i do it in seasons but i I always have a heart to do it uh but i'm always too busy no just joking (laughs) uh but when i do do it i said do do but when i do participate in this behavior um yeah what really benefits and it's really beneficial and i I don't know why i don't often do it more but it's to journal Mm -hmm. to write down kind of just the thoughts that i have to get them so that I'm not just so, you know, trying to keep my mind from wondering, but to, just to journal and, 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 and journal, like you said, about his goodness, about his grace, about his mercy, being still and knowing Ooh. that he is God. Right. And looking back over your life and seeing what he's brought you through. And I'm always so blessed when I go back to those journals and read and go I, like in literally I, people know I'm I'm scatterbrained. But I look back and I go, I forgot God brought me through that. Like, yes, I sir. totally forgot about, like, and I, I think that's why God tells us often to remember and to, 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 to in the Old Testament, to make a, make a memorial here for what I did right yeah. there so that you don't forget, right? And so I think we'd be good, we, we would do well sometimes in, in, in uh, making memorials for ourselves and writing those things down, recording those things. Uh, that's why I go back and listen to old sermons. I go back and look, well, I know I'm going to be going back and look at these podcasts, right? Uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, just going back and going, wow, God, I totally forgot that you brought me through that. You know, because today you've got enough trouble for today. Yes, sir. <laughs> right? Yes, sir. And so slowing down to reflect and say, God, you're good. God, you're, you're holy. God, you're righteous. God, I'm so grateful for where I'm at. We don't do that enough. We don't do yes, that enough. Sir. And and let me throw this out there. Y'all be on the lookout. Uh, I don't know when it's coming, but I'm working on something called Markers of Hope. Ooh. And so what the, the point with that is how you just talked about those memorials, those significant uh, times in our lives, whether it's something that, that's a turning point that uh, God moves in our favor or whatever it is. I'm going to do a series called Markers of Hope. Part of it will be probably touching on certain parts of my life, but I also want to just talk just in general about markers of hope with other believers, uh, mm. how God has moved in their life and how I watched uh, being around certain people uh, that has that has changed my life for the better. So y'all be on the lookout for that. But I also want to piggyback on something you said, because you said something that's vital. Uh -oh. You talked about journaling, man. Let's get that it. Journaling is, oh man, it's something special. And, uh, and this is kind of another thing that I wanted to add that that's been beneficial to me. So with the journaling, cause this is, this is the journaling ties into this. Okay. Find yourself a good devotion. So, um, whether it's a, a good devotional book that you have, or even just have a, de a devotional period over the scriptures. So if you have, say you're walking through the gospels and each morning or each evening or whatever time you do it, you sit there, you spend time in whatever it is. And here's the journaling part. Take your time and write out those thoughts, right? Ref all your reflections, the things that you think God is speaking, uh, the, 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 your weaknesses at the moment, like right now, I, I'm weak in this area and I think God is really speaking to me. And you go back and look at that and how God has brought you through some things, man. Uh, yeah, I think if, if I think if people don't hear anything else we're saying, man, especially when it comes to uh, application point, if you don't hear anything else that we say today, journaling is a powerful tool that you can have in your life that are not only help you to get your thoughts in order, but it'll help you get your thoughts out. And it'll help you to be able to communicate better with other people on how you feel and what you're going through, man. So bro, thank you for that reminder. Journaling. Yeah, bro. Like I said, I'll do it for a few months and then I'll fall off. Like I fall out the habit and I'm like, dang, and I do it for another few months and I fall off. And yeah, but yeah, I, I, I got to get just really consistent with it. Um, you know, another thing, man, this might be taking the conversation back to the beginning, but hey, we can, this is our podcast. We can go as long as we want to. <laughs> <laughs> and this is brought to you by, um, I was thinking as we were just talking, uh, thinking about, uh, uh, the, 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 the seed that falls on thorny ground, hmm. uh, when the cares of this world are the motivation behind our busyness. Mm -hmm. It suffocates. That word literally suffocates the word of God in our lives. And we get into this perpetual cycle where we're like hamsters running on a treadmill or whatever the little wheel thing is. Yeah. They're running and running and it never slows down. And so until we can just say, you know what? I'm just going to jump off. I'm going to 
like you said, uh, ruthlessly eliminate hurry in my life. I'm going to vet every opportunity that comes my way. I like how many times have you actually seen a person, Jay, that say, man, I got this new opportunity for this new job. They just got to get this new job, right? This job is going to pay them 75 cent more an hour. And they just excited about this new job and they go get that new job. And a month later, like, man, the job killing me, man. Yeah. You did yeah. all that for 75 cents an yeah. hour. <laughs> <laughs> you did all that for 75 cents out. Now you're looking for another job. Asking the old job where they take you back. Man. For 75 cents an hour. Like just wow. jumping from one thing to another to another, trying to find fulfillment. And before you know it, yeah, I know it's a little longer. And I know this. And 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 you just we we have a finite amount of time in our life. Like yes, really, oops! Our most precious commodity, a lot of times, is 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 our time, right? Yes, sir. And we need to start treating our time like people say time is money. We need to start treating time like it's a valuable resource, and especially the time that we spend with God. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I saw you pull that book out. I want to see what I want to oh. see what the book is. And you and you've heard of this book, and and maybe some of our listeners, the one. The oh one yeah, I got thing. a copy of that. I'll drop that in the, in, in the links. <laughs> The one thing, and so, yes. so one thing I like about some of the principles, and I don't agree with everything he says in the book, but one thing I like about, uh, and of course the book would be called One Thing, and it's one thing that I like about, but some of the <laughs> principles in there is about getting your focus on the most important thing that you ought to be doing right now at mm. every moment in your life. And so uh, I find myself not only... Uh, really before I started reading that book before, but I, I, I find myself at times when I'm finna take me a break from whether I'm studying or I've been doing something for work or whatever. And I get ready. I watch an episode or something while I eat and just kind of relax a little bit. I'm taking a break. But after I've watched one or two episodes, I find myself finna go into another one. And I say, it'll rise up in my mind. What's that one thing that you can do right now that's more important than everything else? Mm. And of, co of course, the language in there is a little different. I think it's what's the one thing that you can do that if you do it, it makes everything else easier or something like that. But I think, okay, what can I be doing right now? And I think about the stuff that I'm trying to get accomplished and it helps you uh, to really focus on the big picture that you have in mind right now. You have some goals that you're trying to accomplish. You'll never get those things done if you don't focus on the, the, that one thing that you could be doing right now. Right. And, and, and really, it's, it's biblical in a sense as far as a, a principle, man. We ought to be focusing in on what? Being about our father's business. Yes, sir. Uh, we talk about making disciples, all of these different things. And we can easily fall into the trap of, like you said, people don't want to say no to anything. I remember back when I told you that I started uh, to slow down and people were asking me to do stuff. I was like, nah, I can't do it, man. Right now. Uh, I'm, I'm taking things off my plate. And like people used to look at me sideways. It was crazy. They were like, I I've watched people start to get mad at me because I told them, no, I couldn't be at this event yep. or no, I can't do this anymore. And then, you know, this was around that time when me and you had first started meeting each other and we were just talking I, like me and you both were like super busy at that time. And we were both yep. pouring into other ministers and we were pouring into just different people. 
And I, it, like I said before on the other episode, man, it was just refreshing that I found another brother that was like being about his father's business and just like taking the time to do that. Like yeah. taking the time to do that is important. Like just, just like when you just take the time to do that with just people that you hadn't talked to in a while, it's something refreshing about taking the time to do that, that most important thing at the moment, whether it's uh, right now, I need to just, I need to just chill and I'll do it with my son. Sometimes it's, I just need to chill yeah. and me and my son need to hang out for an hour. Right. Yes, sir. That's, that's what's up, bro. Like, you know what? One of my buddies, let me see if I, I can, I can if, if his stuff's still up. He gave me uh, some of the best advice when I was young in ministry. Uh, he has a website and he wrote a book called Never Keep Climbing. Is that Gary? There he is right there. Send a shout out to Gary Sinclair, neverkeepclimbing.com. I have to make sure his website's still up. You know, some people's website be going down. Uh, but he told me something. He was like, man, people are going to pull you in all directions when, men, when it comes to ministry. And he said, but this is one thing you're always going to have to remember. There's going to always be one more person who needs prayer. There's always going to be one more person who needs to be fed. There's always going to be one more person and you can't do it all. And so, I, what's and so what's challenging to me is I've always been a utility guy. Like I, I, I've never been great at any one thing, but I can, you know, if I'm on a basketball team, you want me on the team. I might not give you 30 every night, but I'll give you, I'll give you 10, three steals and five rebounds. You know what I mean? Like I'm the utility guy. I'm going to go in and I'm going to do those things. And so being a utility guy, you can always just kind of jump in and fill a role if it needs to be filled. Right. Last church before I went to ACF, before we planted, uh, they needed a bass player. Bass player left to start his own ministry. They had a bass sitting there. We need a bass player. I took it home, learned how to play. Came back and learned how to play the bass. You know, like, I'm going to do that. You need somebody to work with the kids? I'm going to go work with the kids. You need somebody parking lot ministry? Here I come. You need somebody to count money? I got you. And being that utility guy, you're never specializing in one particular thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And we talked about this before. I was just trying to find what I was good at. So I was doing everything until I found where I kind of fit. I was just talking to my son, SJ, tonight. He was talking about the same thing. Uh, he, was, he just started this little gaming channel on, uh, on YouTube. He's not really passionate about gaming. He's passionate about the gospel. But he does stuff until he gets good at it. And he's like, okay, something else for me to conquer. Like, he's one of those conquerors. Yeah. Want to learn how to do the condomin. He becomes an expert at that. He leaves it alone. Frisbee, like, he'll, he'll just do new things until he masters it. And then he goes to something else. And I think a lot of us in Christianity, we try and be like, you know, let me let me go do this and let me go do this until I kind of find my way. And yeah. what we will miss if we're not in Christian community, we'll go through a lot of our life trying to find where we're supposed to fit for the yeah. longest of time. And it's one of them old mothers or one of the brothers that, bro, I think your gift is this. And then once we find that, we need to learn how to become specialist <laughs> in that. Not to say that we don't do other things, but this is my primary thing, right? Yes, sir. Uh, the apostles gave us an example of that. It's like, hey, man, we can't be doing the word and, man, we, listen, let's, let's put some deacons here. They can handle the distribution of the food and we can, we can give ourselves over to the word and prayer. Basically, this is what we're supposed to be doing because we're presenting, we're like, we're like, like we're, 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 we're teaching 
the, 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 the people what they need to be taught. And so let's get some people together and let them do this. And I think a lot of times in the churches, man, we got so many people running in so many directions trying to figure out what they need to be doing. And, and, yeah. and that, man, we just need to be able to say, hey, bro, this is what you need to be doing. This is your lane. Stay in this lane. Stay in this lane, Sister Jenkins. Sister Jenkins, you can't sing. Sister <laughs> Jenkins, we don't want you up on the stage on Sunday morning, Sister <laughs> Jenkins. You all out of key. You 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 sit. You hitting bad notes, Sister Jenkins. Come on, Sister Jenkins, don't do us like that on Sunday morning. But she got a solo. She need to sing. Sister yeah. Jenkins sat down somewhere. Sister Jenkins, you good with them kids? Go back there, teach them kids. You know what I mean? And putting yeah. people in that place, and then people not looking down on how do we 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 got from slowing down to it's still pertinent. <laughs> but once you find what you're good at, you can say no to the things that. I might be able to do it, but me doing it might not be the best. Yes, sir. Me doing yes, it might not, not be the best. And one thing that, that like it trapped me for a really long time is Ryan Nowakowski told me this. He was like, your problem is you can, and my wife is going to hear this episode. She's going she gonna to dog me out, but it's okay. I got to say it. <laughs> your problem is you can do the majority of things better than the average person, right? And so I'll get caught up in, all right, at the, I'm the best videographer. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. So I need to do that because I'm the best in the room. And what I don't end up doing is I don't disciple people to do the things that is not my primary gift. And two, I don't re depend on God in prayer to send somebody who can do it. And that's what they're called to do. And I think that's also another hindrance in the church. And that's why a lot of people who have a lot of skill sets become really busy, right? Like, I'm just going to use Jay Baker as an example. Another shameless plug. Can teach. Can go to the prison and teach. Can go down and be with the homeless. Can, can start a ministry to give care packages to women uh, at, at the, at the uh, settlement home. Like, can do all these different things. Uh, and not that there are bad things to do, right? But there are awesome things to do, but he's just one resource. And until he can yeah. get other people to come alongside him and yeah. because it's his passion, he can now delegate those things. That's why he's reading the one thing right now. He can delegate those <laughs> things. He can put people in place and we can disciple people to Ooh. do certain things, right? Like, I got to be honest, man, like you coming through and Ian coming through and preaching, boy, that was a lifesaver because- <laughs> Pre-COVID, I go seven weeks and then I have somebody else preach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> COVID yeah. had me here 19 weeks in. I'm like, Lord, we need to raise up some more people, you know? Yeah. And so it was fortunate that you guys had the equipment and the and the ability to go and do those things. But if it wasn't for y'all, man, I'd still be here. Sermon number 765. <laughs> <laughs> so You're learning right. to share the load, learning to share yeah. the load. I know I'm all over the place tonight, but learning nah, to that, share the load. <laughs> no, nah, that's, that's, that's on point. And man, you, you, you mentioned, uh, and that's, that's one of the things that I've actually, I've had on my mind for a while, but I've been actually trying to take some time, right. That, that, that important thing to do right now. Uh, I've been, that's what I've been doing. I've been seeking out other individuals to kind of help share some of the load that I can really focus on putting together this program. And, and when we get the program running, you know, after COVID or whatever, you know, how, what's my role? What can I really focus in on? But if I get these other people in these positions, 
then that'll be the, the 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 catalyst that I need to really step into everything that I'm trying to do. And man, you bringing that up, man, I think it's important, man. Let, let me let me say this: any uh, church planners or mm. anybody out there lead right now, if mm. you listen to that wisdom that was just shared, it may help you to be able to spend more time in the Word, mm. in prayer, and mm. even spend more time with your family. And so, bro, yeah, you're right. It's 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 very important that we begin to run in that lane that God has us in. And man, you said something that's that. Uh, I'm gonna say one thing, one else thing on that real quick, man. You talked about being in prayer. You uh, you were well, as you were talking, you were like, and I and I probably needed to spend more time in prayer, asking God to send somebody. And it's just just think about that, man. Uh, it's crazy, man. I, 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 I've been a lot recently. I've been reflecting on when I was in prison. Of course, during that time, I had more time on my hand. But I've been thinking about what the stuff that I did while I was in prison versus as I began to start getting busy when I got out working mm. and going to school and all these different things. And I look back and I'm like, man how can I incorporate a lot of the stuff that I was already doing in there and that I'm like you said earlier, you're a journal for a little bit, but just in certain disciplines, just in general, how can I be more consistent? Like I was when I was in prison. Yes. I still spend a lot of time on my word. Yes. I still spend a lot of time on these different things, but I think when I was in prison, my focus was on being an example, staying in the word and uh and pouring into whoever god put in my past i made uh, my path i made myself available and i look at today man i look at not just today but over these last past 10 11 years on how i've had my hand in so much stuff around me and and it goes back to that around 2012 man eight years ago eight years ago when god first began to start talking to me about slowing down and i see looking back eight years ago that God was trying to prepare me for some stuff. I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of the stuff that I'm, I'm able to do now, or even that even I'm still trying to slow down. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and here's the other part of this for y'all out here listening. Uh, if you're in the Austin area and you want to put your hands to the plow, condos <laughs> of change got somewhere that you can put your hands to. And like, that's really like, I, I, I say that in that, um, we talked about this a little earlier off the camera, yeah. but that <laughs> level of commitment and committing to a ministry, committing to whether it's your church ministry, whether it's a nonprofit organization. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll church hop and mm -hmm. we'll go, we'll go to this other church because this church ain't doing this kind of stuff. We go to another church and that church ain't doing this, this. And there's so many nonprofits out here. Conduits of change is a really good one that you can put your hands to the plow on and, and, and 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 if you ain't got to be the ring leader and try to come over here and try to run something, say, hey, man, Jay, I'm going to commit to you for six months and I'm going to volunteer in this role for six months. What do you need help? Like really putting your hands to the plow and learning something in the midst of it. And you might just find what you're passionate about. Like I hear so many people say I'm passionate about the homeless. I'm passionate about uh, 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 women who have been abused in, 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 in the system. I'm passionate yeah. about. These ministries are doing all these things. And so go and commit for six months to a year. And so if you don't like it after six months, you can leave it alone. Like I said, I was out yeah. there trying to find stuff. And so we can find places where we can 
we can we 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 can um we can plug in. And you were talking about pastors earlier, Jay, and I think this is the bigger of the thing. I read this book. It's called I forgot what it's called. <laughs> I read so many books. I forget what it's called. <laughs> but basically, it's a book about leadership. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the guy from Austin Stone and uh, wrote the book. Uh, guy, I know is the it, name of the book is in the back of my head. Is it the book that uh, that we were all reading? Is, no, is that, it, that that's Dan Ryland. That's a different book. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, this book basically it talks about uh, basically high impact leaders, right? And what happens a lot of times is when we transition from managing something to leadership role, it feels foreign for Ooh. us to delegate. It feels foreign for us because we just know how to do it. I'm a, I, I'm a high capacity doer. I know mm-hmm. how to do certain things in my life. Let me just do it. It, it, it. it feels strange sometimes. Like say for instance, if I'm teaching and I'll just use building websites again because that's what I did in my past life before I was a pastor. <laughs> and so let's say I'm mentoring a young person how to build a website. It takes me two minutes to do it. It takes me 20 minutes to explain to the person how to do it. If I'm already busy, I'll just do it in the two minutes and not worry about spending taking 20 minutes to explain for the person to do it. And so the idea and the notion is there are so many people in leadership positions, but they're just high capacity managers. They're not leaders. And if Mm -hmm. you're leading and ain't nobody following, then you're just going for a walk, basically. Yes, sir. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Yeah. Me saying, I know I'm busy, but let me take 20 minutes out of my schedule to show this person how to do this thing that takes me two minutes. And even though they can't do it to the capacity that I can do it in, say, for instance, I can do it to a 90 percent capacity. They can do it to a 60 percent capacity. But when I teach them and show them and train them, the next time they do it, they're going to do it to a 60 percent capacity. Then I can critique them. It's going to take time. I can critique, hey, try this, do this. Then what I'm doing is I'm essentially discipling them on how to get better, how to get them up to an 80% or 90%. Maybe they'll never get to a 90%. But listen, LeBron James, all he got to do is kick the ball to the corner to Danny Green. <laughs> and Danny Green, all you got to do is knock down a shot. You That's ain't got to be able to play like LeBron. Yeah. All you got to do is you go stand in the corner, <laughs> and when I yeah. do my thing and pass you the ball, you be rating, right? <laughs> Teaching people how to do it. It's going to take us longer up front, mm-hmm. but prayerfully, as we make disciples, Paul didn't have no problem leaving his disciples' places. Like, you stay here. I'm going to mm-hmm. go over here. I ain't ready yet. I bet you're going to learn. <laughs> yeah, because I got to go. I got to go. I'll be right to you. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. Yes, sir. And so that's, I think that's a bigger thing is we, we, we unintentionally, we think to ourselves that it'll take more time to do all that. I just might as well do it. No, mm-hmm. you're not leading then. You're just doing yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean, it, I think I, I really I don't think you all over the place. I think you right on point because that ties into uh, our busyness. You know what I mean? Because you think of leaders who are doing everything, like everything. And and we wonder why pastors are dropping off the face of the earth. You know what I mean? Like ministries are being shut down because you have certain people in there that are just doing everything. And they're getting ran into the ground. And yeah. uh, I think if we just take that principle, man, uh, of delegating things, uh, taking the time up front to uh, 
to really just give them what they need. Just give them a, a, a enough tools to be able to just get started. Because uh, if you put the right people in that position, they're going to learn anyway. They're, they're going to be the type of people that take the time to learn and get better just in general. And so that goes back to what you said earlier, praying for God to send the right person. Because when God send that right person, they're going to run with, if you give them 25% of, of, of tools and resources, they're going to run. Next thing you know, it's going to be 75, 80%. Yeah, yeah, yep. And like Ed Frazier always tell me, he said, man, when you're juggling things in life, you gotta be able to identify balls and eggs. Yes, sir. Because when you're juggling balls, you can drop them and they come back. But them eggs are the important thing. Those are the one things that you were talking about. You keep them yeah. eggs in the air because you don't want to make no omelet yet. But them balls, let them balls yes, fall. Those things are not important. And we are over an hour with this episode. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we... The only thing I want to leave with everybody is... Just take take some of the things that we said that that I think is very important. Uh, start journaling. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> start journaling. Take you take some time to slow down. Get used to saying no to things. Uh -uh. Uh, if you're in leadership, start delegating stuff to trustworthy people. Right, people that you can trust with a little bit and they can turn it into a lot. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, man, that's some of the stuff that I'm just personally just taking away. And uh, Dallas Willard said, you must ruthless, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Yep. And, and, and whatever that looks like to you, what, what does it look like to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life? That's the thing that you might need to be praying about and trying to figure out right now, Lord, how can I ruthlessly eliminate hurry? because we get so bogged down by all kind of things. Some of us might need to go back to the beginning where he says, uh, come to me all who are heavy laden uh, by the world, right? You, you burden down by the world, all kind of stuff, and, and, <laughs> and you're gonna find rest for your soul. We think that that's just a one-time thing of repentance and giving our life over, but maybe we just need to come to him and just get refreshing in our souls. Um, and get back, get some real direction in our lives. Spend that time with him in quietness. That's it, man. Finding rest in him. I'm not going to even try to add nothing to that. Jesus is a source <laughs> of our rest. And we've thrown a lot of books out there. One more book that I am going to go, and it goes back to Dallas Witter and John Ortberg, is John Ortberg's book, The Soul Keeper. Check mm -hmm. it out. It's good. It's mm -mm good. You're like, I don't read. I don't read. I don't listen to podcasts. Keep listening to this podcast, but you can get the audio book on Audible too. Check it out. <laughs> Links in the description. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say, man, so that's all we got for this episode because we don't want to talk your ear off all week. Again, like I said, hit us up. Let us know what kind of topics you would like to be discussed. We're four episodes in. It's me and my boy, Jay Baker. We love doing this. It really edifies us, and we pray that it edifies you. And so until next time, Jay, you, you can ask the question, bro. Tell me what the Bible says. <laughs> <laughs>